Hello and welcome to episode number 32 of the Lunch Table Talk podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be giving you my 2020-2021 NBA awards predictions. Last week's episode was, of course, my standings predictions for the season of the NBA. And this week's episode is going to be the awards predictions um, for... Yeah, for this week's episode, um, I got you Coach of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved, Defensive, Rookie of the Year, MVP, everything um, along with that. So I guess we should hop right into it. I have two honorable mentions per award along with a third place, a runner-up, and of course the winner. So I guess we're going to start out with Coach of the Year and starting off with my honorable Honorable mentions for Coach of the Year, I have Lloyd Pierce from Atlanta Hawks and Billy Donovan from the Chicago Bulls. Um, If you watched last week's episode, or listened to, I should say, um, you know that I have Atlanta finishing as the seventh seed. Um, And I think that jump from one of the worst teams in the league all the way up to uh, the seventh seed is definitely going to help Lloyd Pierce's uh, chances in the Coach of the Year conversation. So coming in third place for Coach of the Year, I have Frank Vogel from the Los Angeles Lakers. Um... It's hard to dismiss the probably the best team in the league, um, the best team in the league's coach from Coach of the Year conversation, and that's why I have Frank Vogel here. Um, I would not be surprised at all if they make the playoffs, um, or if, sorry, if they make it back to another championship, and that's why I have Frank Vogel here. Runner-up, I have Brad Stevens. Also wouldn't be surprised if they were to make a long run in the playoffs, especially since how up in the air the East is currently. And winning... Coach of the Year, I have Rick Carlisle from the Dallas Mavericks. I really like what um, he's been doing there in Dallas ever since they drafted Luka, and um, I really like Luka's chances with the MVP this season. I have the Dallas Mavericks. I believe I had them at either the fourth or the fifth seed um, into my standings predictions, so that's where I have Rick Carlisle finishing in Coach of the Year. Yeah, Rick Carlisle, Coach of the Year, Dallas Mavericks, market. Down. Now, before I get too far into this episode, I want to say that in this episode, I'll be also going over my NBA playoffs um, all the way from the first round all the way up into the NBA finals, including my finals most valuable player prediction. So, um, and that will come after um, all the awards are done. So, moving on from Coach of the Year on to Sixth Man of the Year. Honorable mentions I have for that award include Davis Bertans from Washington and Lou Williams from the Clippers. So coming in third for six men of the year, I have Jordan Clarkson from the Utah Jazz. Last season, he put up 15.2 points per game, 2.6 rebounds per game, 1.9 assists per game, 0.7 steals per game, 4.54 field goal percentage, a .368 three-point percentage, and a .836 free throw percentage. Pretty solid shooter. Um... Um, from anywhere on the court. I think he can elevate Utah's bench depth quite a bit um, and coming in at third and sixth man of the year. So, runner-up in in sixth man of the year, I have newly acquired Atlanta Hawk, Danilo Gallinari. Last year with Oklahoma, he put up 18.7 points per game, 5.2 rebounds, 1.9 assists, 0.7 steals, 0.439 field goal yeah, field goal percentage, a .405 free throw or a three-point percentage, and a .893 free throw percentage. Again, like Clarkson, a very good shooter from anywhere on the court. I do think his points per game will go down a little bit, but I think he's still going to get a solid amount of usage out on that Atlanta Hawks team 
And now that that Hawks team does have depth on the bench and really anywhere else on the um, in the lineup, I do think that elevates them to being a playoff team. And like I said, I still think he's going to be a great player with Atlanta. Just maybe his points may go down a little bit since he's coming from a starting strong forward um, over to Atlanta where he's going to have that bench role now sitting behind one of the younger stars there in Atlanta. Um, he'll be a great mentor and a great bench piece for them um, for years to come. I forget what his contract's looking like, but hopefully he can succeed um, quite a bit with Atlanta. And winning sixth man of the year, I have Dennis Schroeder from the also newly acquired Los Angeles Lakers. Last year with Oklahoma, he put up 18.9 points per game, 3.6 rebounds, four assists, 0.7 steals, 0.469 field goal percentage, a 0.385 three-point percentage and a 0.839 free throw percentage. Um, interesting how all of my uh, six men of the year had a 0.7 steals per game. Um, kind of interesting actually um, that all these bench guys have the similar amount of steals. But anyway, I do like Dennis Schroeder winning six men of the year. Um, in my opinion, he got snubbed last year. Montrez Harrell won it. And you guys know my approach to six men of the year. I don't like um, having two finalists from the uh, from the same team both on the six men of the year ballot um, just because I mean one of them has to be the seventh man and I don't know it just kind of makes more sense to me so um, but if I did include two players from the same team I would have probably have Montrezl Harrell over Jordan Clarkson um, just because I think Montrezl Harrell adds more value to the um, Lakers than Clarkson does the Jazz but yeah I have Dennis Schroeder winning six man of the year Moving on to most improved player of the year. My honorable mentions include Kyle Guy from Sacramento, Jamal Murray from Denver, and Jeremy Grant from the Detroit Pistons. So, in third place for most improved player, I have Gary Trent Jr. from the Portland Trailblazers. He put up under 10 points per game last year with 8.9. He also had 1.6 rebounds, 1 assist, 0.8 steals, a point. 444 free uh, field goal percentage, a .418 for, uh, three point percentage, which put him top 10 in the league, and a .822 free throw percentage. Great shooter, Gary Trent is. Um, we saw him go off in the bubble last season, averaging just under 20 points per game. Very impressive run from Gary Trent in the five games that he played um, in the playoffs versus the Los Angeles Lakers. He faced up against LeBron very, very well. So. My runner-up for MIP is Shea Gilgis Alexander from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Last season with the Thunder, he averaged 19 points per game, 5.9 rebounds per game, 3.3 assists per game, 1.1 steals per game, a .471 field goal percentage. He also had a .347 three-point percentage and a .807 free throw percentage. Now, after losing Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, and Dennis Schroeder from the Oklahoma City lineup. I just don't see how Shea's um, major statistical categories don't go up at all. I mean, 19 points per game is very good still, but I don't see how that doesn't inflate to maybe 24, um, how he doesn't average like 24, 7, and maybe 4. Um, I think Shea can definitely be um, a number one on a solid team. Um, now, Oklahoma City isn't a team built for the playoffs especially in that loaded west now but i can definitely see shay's um categories going up in just about every spot um except maybe his uh percentages i think they may go down a little bit just because he's taking way more shots 
And finally, winning most improved player, despite all of the drama happening in this this uh, team facility right now, I have Christian Wood from the Houston Rockets winning this award. So he reminds me of somewhat of a Robert Covington type. Um, he's a not really a three and D guy, but um, he's able to shoot the three pointer um, decently well. Um, he has a good tr- true shooting percentage. Um, I think you can pretty much slot him in anywhere in any team, and he's going to play very, very well, similar to a Robert Covington, and that's why um, the team Robert Covington is currently on will make the playoffs. Um, Christian Wood last season averaged 13.1 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, 1 assist per game, 0.9 blocks, 0.567 field goal percentage, which ranked him 11th in the league. He also had a 3.86 point percentage and a .744 free throw percentage and I was talking a bit about the true shooting percentage um, that Christian Wood had last season. He ranked seventh in the league amongst everybody and he had a .659 true shooting percentage so very very solid last season for Christian Wood. One of the more underrated bigs in the league. He can slot in at the four or the five and he's going to play just well. Okay so moving on to defensive player of the year. My honorable mentions are Rudy Gobert from Utah and Marcus Smart from the Boston Celtics. So coming in in third place for my defensive rookie of the year, or defensive player of the year, sorry, um, I have Ben Simmons from the Philadelphia 76ers. Last season, he had 5.8 defensive rebounds per game, an 18.2 defensive rebound percentage, uh, 2.1 steals, which was first in league, 0.6 blocks, and he was ninth in defensive rating. Um, he had 3.1 defensive win shares, and he was eighth and defensive blocks or defensive box plus minus. Very good defender. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he made the All NBA defensive team again. So, runner-up for defensive player of the year, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Milwaukee Bucks. Last season, he had one steal per game, one block per game. He was first in all of these um, categories, including. Defensive rebounds, defensive rating, which he had a seven, a 97.1 uh, defensive rating, um, defensive win shares, and defensive blocks, defensive box plus minus. I keep, I'm keep saying blocks when I mean box. Um, all, I'm all um, in the defensive mindset right now. But yeah, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo finishing second in the defensive player of the year category. And winning Defensive Player of the Year, I do have Anthony Davis from the Los Angeles Lakers. Very um, underrated part of that um, Los Angeles Lakers team last season. Um, Not that he doesn't go unnoticed, because he definitely doesn't. ESPN, uh, um, all the major sports uh, stations love the Lakers, and he gets talked about quite a bit. But maybe not enough, because, I mean, it's LeBron James. How are you going to get all the spotlight with LeBron there? But um, Anthony Davis still played very, very well last season. Um, made an All-NBA team, and he also had 7.2 defensive rebounds per game, 1.5 steals, 2.4 blocks, fourth in defensive rating, second in defensive win shares, and he was third in defensive box plus minus. So yeah, I think he takes that even extra step in the defensive um, part of the game and can win Defensive Player of the Year this season alongside LeBron and Harrell and whoever else is up there in Los Angeles with him. So now onto the now onto the fun ones. Um, I have rookie of the year and then most valuable player. So rookie of the year honorable mentions. I have Devin Vassell 
from the San Antonio Spurs, and Isaac Okoro from Cleveland. Isaac Okoro has looked great in the preseason. I know it's preseason, small sample size, but Okoro has still looked great. Thought I should share. So, third in rookie of the year, I have Killian Hayes from the Detroit Pistons. He's a European point guard, and in Europe, he averaged 12.8 points per game, 6.2 assists per game, 2.3 rebounds, 1.5 steals, a .455 field goal percentage, a 39, uh, .39 uh, three-point percentage, and a 909 free throw percentage. How about that? Um, and again, it's not a large sample size for his three throws, but anything above 85 is pretty damn good. Um, the NBA best free throw percentage of all time was Stephen Curry at 906 so if Hayes can post 909 free throw percentage he'll have the record in his rookie year which should definitely um, improve his chances at rookie of the year in Detroit so runner up for rookie of the year I have LaMelo Ball from the Charlotte Hornets and overseas last season he posted 17 points per game 7.6 rebounds per game 6.6 assists per game, 1.6 steals. So as you can see, um, he can do just about everything. Um, maybe doesn't need to get more efficient and consistent. And obviously, he'll sell his sell tickets. I've been I've been praising that all year. Um, that the Charlotte Hornets team will definitely sell some tickets if fans are allowed, of course. Um, he had a .375 field goal percentage, a .25. Uh, three-point percentage not the best three-point shooter but um you have guys out there like Devonte graham that can shoot the ball from the three-point arc very very well so you don't really need mellow mellow to be your main three-point guy um and his free throw percentage was a seven two three so uh that's not that's not terrible definitely seen worse he's a great passer crafty player um ticket seller all of that stuff and winning rookie of the year i have Obi Toppin from the New York Knicks, and despite not liking the pick for New York um, in this past draft, I do think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to get a very high usage percentage. He should be the starter um, when the um, league starts up again, which is in the next two days. So, and in college, out of Dayton, he did post 20 points per game, 2.2 assists per game, 7.5 rebounds, 1 steal, 1.2 blocks. His field goal percentage was 633. His free throw percentage was 702. He was the A10 Player of the Year. Um, the the Nab C Player of the Year, the Nysmith Award winner, Carl Malone Award winner. He was a consensus All-American. He was the USBWA Player of the Year, and he was first in the A10 in field goals, field goal percentage, two-point field goals, two-point field goal percentage, points, true shooting, and offensive rating, and box plus minus. He's great with dunks and can get in the paint very, very easily. Um, now, all that could change. Um, the transition to NBA from college isn't an easy one. Um, you can ask pretty much any player that, and they'll tell you that that's a true statement. Um, but I like the amount of looks that Obi's going to get this season. Um, I think he's probably one of the most um, NBA-ready players in this uh, this draft, outside of maybe, I don't know, it's hard to pick and choose some guys that are more NBA-ready than Obi Toppin. Um, and like I said, despite not loving the pick for New York, I think they should have gone with maybe a younger guy, maybe a younger forward. Um, 
Halliburton, Sean Ford, maybe Vassell, honestly. They could have gone Vassell there. Um, I forget who I had the Knicks mocked with. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but I, I know it wasn't Obi Toppin. I think I had him with Chicago. Maybe they could have gone Patrick Williams, I'm not sure. But um, I do have Obi Toppin winning rookie of the year for the New York Knicks. So now the one you've all been waiting for, I have the most valuable player award. And my honorable mentions are, um, I mean, I could give plenty of honorable mentions. Uh, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, um, not Tatum yet, not not yet. Um, Durant, who else? Not Mitchell yet. Um, Harden even, um, wherever he goes, he's going to be a candidate, so... Those are just some guys that aren't in my top three that um, could definitely slot up there. So, coming in third place in MVP voting, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, um, I could definitely see at the end of the season him winning this, going back, two back, two back, but I do think voter fatigue is going to be in play this season. Um, analysts and guys and voters are going to want to change it up. They're going to want to go with a different pick out of Giannis, but even if he does deserve it, he might not get it um, despite the stats that he may put up there in Milwaukee. So, last season, we know what he did. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, All-NBA First Team, All-Star. 29.5 points per game, 5.6 assists per game, 13.6 rebounds, a 55 field goal percentage, a 63 free throw percentage, a uh, 61-3, True shooting percentage, one steal, one block. Um, he led his team to a best record in the league and 56 wins. Um, he was first last season in field goals, um, two-point field goals, defensive rebounds, player efficiency rating, usage percentage, defensive rating, defensive win shares, win shares per, per 30 or per 48, and overall box plus minus and defensive box plus minus. So, um, unfortunately, if he doesn't win and he does deserve it, that's terrible. But um, I do think voter fatigue is going to be in play this season, unfortunately. So my MVP runner-up is Stephen Curry from Golden State Warriors. Um, I really st- I started watching basketball when Curry was at his prime, when he won his um, first MVP award and led his team to the best record of all time. So his stats from the 2019 season and the five games that he played in 2020 are as followed. He posted 26.8 points per game. 5.3 assists, 5.3 rebounds, 1.3 steals, 0.4 blocks, a field goal percentage at 4.68, a, a free throw percentage at 9.23, a three-point percentage at 4.26, crazy, um, and a true shooting percentage at 6.36. He was an all-star and an all-NBA first-team player last time he played. Um, and going from... I think the losses of Curry and Clay last season and the Golden State Warriors dropping to the 15th seed and getting that number two overall pick really showed the value the value of Curry and Thompson. Um, and this season, we're definitely going to see um, just how good Steph Curry is um, with no Clay Thompson. But they did add James Wiseman and Oubre, which will definitely help um, just as much. Um, but if Curry can elevate his squad to like a top six, top five seed, um, and jumping his team from a 15th seed all the way up nine spots, um, getting into the playoffs and maybe making it past an, a round or two, um, I think Curry can definitely be in that conversation for most valuable player. And finally, winning most valuable player, 
I've pretty much named everybody except for this guy um, that could possibly win it, and that's why I have him winning, of course. I have Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks. Last season, he was an all-star. He was an all-NBA first-team player. He averaged 28.8 points per game, 8.8 assists, 9.4 rebounds. He could definitely average a triple-double without Chris Topps in the first two weeks or the first month-ish. I don't know how long Chris Topps is out. Probably going to be around three weeks, though. Um, one steal per game, 0.2 blocks per game, a field goal percentage at 4.63, a three-point percentage at 3.16, a free-throw percentage at 7.58, and a true shooting percentage at 5.85. He was first in last season in triple-doubles. He led the league in that category. Um, Russell Westbrook might get that title again. Not sure because um, he does. he's going to have to play alongside Bradley Beal. Last season he didn't get it because he played alongside James Harden. So I think Luka could definitely lead the league in triple-doubles again and average a triple-double if I'm being completely honest. I really like um, the Carlisle-Luka um, combo. Of course, why I have Luka winning most valuable player and Carlisle winning um, Coach of the Year. Um, so... Those are my picks for NBA awards, um, and now we're going to make a switch over to my NBA um, NBA playoffs predictions. So let's head over there. Let's start out with let's go. Let's start with the East. So Milwaukee's are going to face off against Washington. Um, as much as I would love my Washington Wizards to win that matchup, I don't think they will. As a matter of fact, I think they'll probably get swept. 4-0. Milwaukee moving on. Next up, we have the Boston Celtics versus the 76ers. And actually, before I get too far under it, you can go ahead. Um, if you haven't already, I'd like you to go listen to my standings predictions so you know all the teams. You know what I'm talking about when I refer to blah, blah, blah in the um, in the playoff matchups. So go listen to that. If you haven't already, you can come back or whatever. Um, or you can spoil yourself and just listen to my playoff predictions. So. Celtics versus 76ers. I really like um, I really like Tatum and Brown together. Um, and although Kemba's going to be out the first month-ish of the season, um, I still think they're going to place very high in the seeding. I have Boston moving on over the 76ers. So that leaves Toronto versus Miami. And again, I have the upset happening. I have Miami um, beating Toronto in round one. So next up, I have the Brooklyn Nets facing the Atlanta Hawks. I have Brooklyn moving on there. I think the star power is too high for Brooklyn or for Atlanta to take on. So that takes us to Milwaukee versus Boston um, in the second round of the East. Sorry, Milwaukee. Not doing it again. I have Boston moving on. Next up, we have Miami versus Brooklyn. Miami another run sorry not happening i have brooklyn nets moving on my are my third seed from the east and my second seed from the east are going to play each other in the conference finals i have the brooklyn nets moving on as the second seed facing the number one team in the west so let's figure out who that's going to be so we have the Lakers matching up against the Portland Trailblazers. Once again, as much as I like CJ McCollum and Nurkic, I have the Lakers moving on. 
we have Denver versus Utah. I love Jokic. I love Murray. I love MPG. So Denver moving on. Next up, I have Dallas and Golden State. Now, this is one I'm going to have to think about because no more clay is definitely going to hurt them. So I'm going to have to look at the rosters here. Let's see what their starting rosters are looking like and their benches, of course, as well. So the main things we're looking at is Curry versus Doncic, and then that second. And then it's going to be Porzingis. And then who is it going to be after Porzingis? So they have Brunson, no, Burke, no. Doncic, obviously. Josh Green, I love him. I love the rookie Josh Green, 3 and guy, amazing out of Arizona. Tim Hardaway is always a great player. Maxi Kleba. Um, Dwight Powell, Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson can definitely add some tremendous amount of value. Um, and then you have Wiggins, James Wiseman, Eric Pascal, Jordan Poole, Oubre, Nico Mannion, Draymond, Kent Bazemore, Steph. So I think I am going to go Golden State here. Um, remember, most valuable player is a regular season award. So I'm going to go Golden State beating uh, Doncic and company. Next up, I have the Clippers versus the Rockets. Um, that one's not too difficult of a pick for me. I'm going to go Los Angeles Clippers there. Um, so facing off in the second round, I have the Clippers, or yeah, the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors. Sorry, Warriors. Um, Clippers are going to take that series. And then we have the, what is this? first seed and the fourth seed Nuggets so I have let's see Lakers moving on beating Denver so we're gonna have the one seed from the West taking on the two seed in the West Lakers moving on to the finals to face the Brooklyn Nets so we're gonna have a fun finals if this comes true LeBron Anthony Davis um, Montrezl Hale uh, Notice how the guys with the benches, um, some of the best benches in the league, are the guys making the finals. And I think that's very important. I think it goes unnoticed sometimes um, how important bench depth is for sure. So you're going to have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Montrez Harrell, um, Dennis Schroeder. And then on the other side, you're going to have Dinwiddie, uh, Levert, who else? Joe Harris, um, Kyrie Durant, obviously. Um, that should go without saying. But yeah, um, in the end, I'm going to take the Lakers. I mean, did they get off lucky last season? No. I mean, you can make all the excuses you want with the with the bubble and COVID and all that stuff. But I think um, this Lakers team is too talented to not go back-to-back. -back. Um, and I think they're going to do just that. I think LeBron's going to get um, another ring, but not win Finals MVP. And that's why I have Anthony Davis winning Finals MVP after the Lakers go back-to-back -back, um, in the championship runs. So, yeah, that's going to conclude today's episode. Um, episode number 32, thank you for listening. Um, be sure to go follow the Instagram. I'm always um, posting on my story over there. I'm, I post every time a new episode is dropped. Um, it's Lunch Table Talk underscore on Instagram. Um, no Twitter, none of that. Um, so if you have an Instagram, be sure to go follow that. Um, and whatever um, whatever platform you're listening on, um, be sure to like, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a five-star rating, any of that stuff. Um, and I'm going to go make a post that this is about to drop. So um, NBA 
starts tomorrow officially. Um, we have some good opening games. Nets versus Warriors should be a fun one to watch for sure. You know, I'll be turning in. I'll be tuning in for sure. Um, not sure where my next episode is going to be. I was going to do a Bull Mania, but just how it, just how the thing worked out. Um, with that, it went the championships and then bowl games right after each other. Um, there wasn't enough notice for me to make an episode and edit and record everything and get all my notes in set. So, like I said, it's going to conclude today's episode. Please do like, share, subscribe, any of that, um, and be sure to look out for the next one. Bye.